0: Kevin McDonald. Hey, that's me. Hi, and welcome to Positive Talk. Our show features the best positive stories and people from around the globe as we endeavor to answer the universal question of why am I here and what is my purpose? Understanding that can change everything, and knowing your greatness is fundamental to living your best life. So join us right now as together we work to create the adventure of our lifetime and welcome to positive talk for wednesday afternoon and i want to thank everybody for being here i hope that traffic is not brutal today as it often is i hope everything is going well for everyone and uh, we've got a great author who has really had quite a unique and interesting life and uh, has been multicultural in in many different ways and we're going to spend our time talking with her today but but first i want to see if the traffic is as good as it could be on a wednesday afternoon eric
1: (laughs) good afternoon kevin uh yeah you know it's often rough on wednesday since wednesday tends to be the day that everybody has agreed to be in the office so (laughs) you know those folks gotta go back to their homes at some point and uh and today is no different, which means some some heavy traffic on the roads, which we talked about here on the station just before we got started with the show. So we will bore folks with the details, but uh, needless to say, I'm hoping everybody drives carefully and uh, gets home safely because looks like uh, the next couple days gonna see a little bit of rain and snow mixed together, and that can always be tough. So,
0: did you did you lose power at your house the other day? Nope. I didn't either but it was really stormy outside we yeah we we've had
1: (laughs) quite a lot of gusty wind and some hail and heavy rain so it's been a real interesting week for weather for sure
0: yeah and it's january i know but it's not the typical january doesn't seem it seems a little bit more vicious than it has been but uh, i think it's that way all over the country perhaps
1: Yeah, and I'd still rather have this than be buried under two, three to uh, two to three feet of snow. So, um, yeah, (laughs) I'll take a little dramatic rain.
0: (laughs) Exactly, because I don't know if you know this, but when it snows here, nobody knows how to drive in it. It makes it for a real problem.
1: Well, it is slushy and, you know, uh, most people aren't prepared for the snow because we only get it uh you know uh, maybe two three days a year at most so it's it's not something that people can you know it wouldn't make sense for everybody to have snow tires on for instance you know that, oh, that would you, just tear up the roads so
0: exactly and it does yeah. um but, so best you know, to
1: work remotely during snow days around here if you can
0: you know what's really cool about that is after COVID, and that covid was a horrible horrible thing and i'm glad it's kind of waning still is out there so you need to be careful Yep. But uh, I'm glad that um, that we learned some stuff, and we learned that you can actually work and be productive at home, and not have to get into your car and go fight the traffic, and and stuff. So th- a lot of people are able to do that now. It makes well, it makes it a lot easier. I think.
1: I think we knew we could do that before, but a lot of companies <laughs> didn't like that idea, and uh, <laughs> when they were forced to, uh, they uh, somewhat embraced it. <laughs>
0: i always i always like what do you mean you want to work from home all that means that you're not going to do anything you're going to sit there and watch soap operas and eat bonbons i didn't even know if, do they still make bonbons i don't know and uh <laughs> bonbons are just candies so yes yes they do oh okay i i that was an old expression that i just pulled out of well nowhere and uh and stuff so in any event Eric thank you so much it's going to be a great day on the show today we've got a a wonderful author who's been uh, she grew up in Iran um not Iran away but uh, the country Iran um and she even in the in Iran and we'll talk about this there were differences between north and South, Iran, as far as how strict they were with protocols mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So she had to deal with that. Then she came here in the seventies. She's had quite a life. And so she's written a couple of books and we're going to be talking about that uh, right now. So I'm going we'll to get interview. forward to it. Could you do me a favor, Eric, and maybe pronounce her name? It's Afrin is her first name. I'm not sure I can pronounce the second name.
1: It looks like it's Afrin Belisario, but uh, we'll see if we were close there.
0: Okay, um Afrin? Yes, Hi. right on the money, right on the money. <laughs> so yes. it's Balis- Balisario? Balisario, and
2: that's a good Italian name. So my name is uh, by itself multinational. Afrin is Forci is Persian and Balisario is Italian. So beautiful. I'm an international person.
0: So so did is that your is that your birth name or is that a married name?
2: <clears throat> no, that's my married name. My 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 maiden name was Ordubody, and one of the biggest problem with that is that most people thought that it's auto body. Yeah. <laughs> you know, People call and ask for Afarin Orubody.
0: <laughs> yeah, I never, I never, I wouldn't have had any 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 hope of being able to pronounce that one. So.
2: No, no, but uh, but there there are different reasons, you know. I'm an old-fashioned person. It took me only five years to adopt my husband's name, but uh, you know, uh, kids get all confused, and school gets confused. So, um, you know, Italian name is good. I like it.
0: Ah uh, yes, indeed. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Did you have you been writing for a very long time, or is this relatively new? I know that you were a journalist when you were at the at the at the tender age of fourteen. Yes, I, I made
2: my first professional writing check at the age of fourteen, so I got paid. <laughs> I was official, uh, but yes, I started writing very early in life. I always had this, if you will, talent of storytelling. I can tell tales, and, and uh, that's, a good, that's a good thing to become uh, to become a writer. Uh, but then uh, when I moved to the United States, it's kind of hard because, uh, you know, my, English is not my native language, and, I learned it. I, I dream in English now. I like to say it, but uh, but still, it took me a while to uh, to to learn how to write well in English. And of course, I wrote a lot of uh, business and technical papers, but writing fiction is different. So um, you know, that's for me was a new a new beginning, a new learning experience, and I and I love to. To learn and i'm a curious person so
0: uh, well, be by the, congratulations because your english is very very good
2: thank you i've been there forever so so it should be good but uh, but yes but still uh you know there's a difference between and it's interesting because um as a writer i use um i use grammarly i use tools uh, and they are very good for business writing because they want everything to be shortened well, as a writer of fiction, uh, you want to create a scene. You want to to bring people in the emotions of your character, and sometimes the, you you need to have a longer word or a longer sentence or something that uh, you know you it's uh, you don't put it in a business uh, journal because it's just too much information or not enough or whatever, uh, but. But that's um, that's the fun of writing fiction.
0: So you've been, you wrote in journals and you've done all kinds of different kinds of writing, including the um, um, novels that you're writing. What's your yes. favorite type? What do you like to do the best?
2: What is my favorite type? I really like to write fiction. I mean, that's, that's the thing that I really enjoy. And uh, again, as I said, I'm a natural storyteller. I tell tales. Uh, but uh you know uh, even i mean a, a good portion of my life has been in business in technology high technology and there you tell a story you you can't you know you can't bring in integral integrals and equations to your customers you have to make it a story so you have to tell them what is it that that your technology can do for them uh and, and that's always a story that's always so so this the, the writing fiction for me is a um, is a labor of love uh, is something that i enjoy doing and whatever time g- god gives me i am happy to write uh, hopefully i will have uh, folks read it
0: well i'm i know that they will and silent whispers tell me about that
2: okay so silent whispers is about this young lady when we start the book uh, she's she's an iranian lady she's an iranian girl at the turn of the 20th century, and it's just about the time that Iran is becoming modern, I mean Iran is really backward country at that point in time, and technology and modernity and uh, gramophones and trams are coming to Iran little by little by little. So she's a star, she starts, uh, when we start the book, she's 14, uh, and uh, soon enough, she'll get, get, she'll get married off because you know that's what girls did. But she's curious from the beginning. She's, um, she's courageous. She's curious. She's, uh, uh, she wants to know things. She, she's not afraid of pushing the boundaries, and uh, she. So she, she, she's, and she has one very big uh, weapon. She's a superwoman because she can read and write. And that was something that most people couldn't back in the days, and that gives her a lot of uh, power, so to speak. And and um, as we can see in the beginning, she's um, she's she doesn't have any power. She's she's an orphan. She lives in a in a town um, seven days of horse ride from any other in the middle of desert. Uh, but then um, you know um, uh, her tenacity and her. Work and her courage and everything else brings her to a bigger stage, and uh, you know she continues fighting for her freedom and the country's freedom because she turns out to be, uh, you know, uh, against uh, corruption internally and of course the foreign powers, Russia and England, uh, who were basically uh, based on the 1907 uh, Saint Petersburg. Um, agreement they and they basically uh cut iran in half north for russia south for for uh for um for england and as i said uh, the middle desert nobody wants for the rest of the people in America, in, in iran so uh it's it's a story of her and uh, her 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 adventures if you will and uh, i love that and i mean i love the 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 the, uh, the the tagline of your show that it's you know life is an adventure and so is it for for gohar and uh, she's that's the name of my my protagonist and my my character gohar uh, so
0: that's about her well it's, it's interesting because this is something that you know something about because you grew up in Iran and yes, you yes. left there you didn't leave there until the 70s i believe correct? yes
2: yes yes
0: and, yes, and so I did. I Yes. Oh, and I was just going to say because you knew of the differences between northern Iran and southern Iran. Uh, southern Iran was much more progressive, uh, because and it makes sense because the the uh, British were there, and the north was a lot more traditional as it were. Would that is that true?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it it was a mixture. I mean, basically, you had the north north, which is Uh, North and West, which is very close to Ottoman Empire in Russia, that's where my family comes from, Azerbaijan, Tabriz, those were very progressive. You know, there's a lot of new ideas came from that part of Iran into Iran. But anything that was close to Europe, close to West, uh, was a lot more progressive uh, than than whatever was more in the middle of the country. So, middle, I mean, North was more russian and ottoman south was a lot of influences of the british and also the fact that it used to be the capital of iran in the south and everything but also but the biggest contrast uh, that you can see in iran is actually very micro very small area of tehran itself tehran itself and especially at the time that I'm talking about, the turn of the 20th century, started to have a lot of uh, immigrants, and and people came from all over, and so you had um, you started having this contrast between the um, the the intellectuals and the uh, people who were more Westernized and people who were less Westernized, much much more uh, traditional, which from more in the middle of Iran, so. Uh, so that's basically Tehran is a is a really good uh, mirror to to the, the um, uh, to contrast that we see in Iran. So in the in the city of Tehran itself, part of the city is very modern and and it was when I was growing up, and part of the city is much more traditional, and um, and it's 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 very quite striking to see that you know as I was growing up because. You go, you take him. I I don't know, bus ride, or if you will, or, or a taxi ride to the south. And here are people are very, very traditional. Um, they still live their lives by their times that they go and pray, which is nothing wrong with that. It's lovely, but, you know, but, uh, but it's just everything is sort of around that conservative, religious attitude that you will. And in the north of Tehran, you know, when I grew up, we wore mini skirts and there were movie houses <laughs> everywhere. There was um, but there were movie houses in the south as well, south of Tehran, but the movie houses in north of Tehran were, were showing all this American latest movies or whatever. But then uh, below certain certain thresholds, certain streets, you would see uh, what we call film Farsi, which is Persian movies. And then Indian movies—they are dubbed Indian movies—and so totally different culture. And um, you know, uh, and unfortunately, they this they, they started, uh, um, you know, getting further and further apart. And you know, again, the, the my book tries to portray that within its characters. Uh, Gohari is someone who is educated, who is you know curious, who is looking in the modernity and she's married to someone who is very conservative you know he's he's um you know he he he, and again i don't want to say anything bad about religious people Religion's good but you know he's he's very conservative very old-fashioned and he just doesn't want to um you know bring himself to adopt some of these issues like you know, speak. he doesn't talk about, he's a, he's an MP, he's a, he's a, he's a parliamentary minister, but he doesn't want to speak about politics with his wife because it's unbecoming for women to get involved in politics. So, um, so you have that, that, um, that bigger picture, that bigger contrast that was starting to develop in the country, in, in, in the confines of a family, so to speak. So. Uh, so that's uh, so
0: yes. I, I wanted to ask you because in in the different, there were different um, part of the country was real conservative and part of the country mm-hmm. was a little bit more perspective per- mm-hmm. progressive. But did everyone or is it a fallacy to say that arranged marriages were kind of universal, or were they part of the religious structure? or i I'm still I still have a tough time getting my head around. You know that um me as a father mm-hmm. having like a 14 or 15 year old girl that i would arrange for her to be married to somebody she didn't even know or stuff and i know that that's a cultural thing uh, but is that that is, is 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 that was that universal or was it kind of like by family by family
2: well back in the back in early 20th century 1910 when the, my book starts yes it was Pretty much universally, because women were covered and they were in the under in the, in the inside of the house. They lived differently. They they stayed in the different lives if they were going to I don't know mosque or whatever. So people were very segregated. So arranged marriages was norm, and the, the the traditional view of marriage in that time. And again you know, I bring that up in the book, is that marriage is not about love. It's about uh, alliance between two families, about having children. And so arranged marriage is just as good as any other. Uh, when it was my time, you know, in the back in like 70s, 60s, 70s, things have been changing, you know. So, um, you know, little by little. So like my eldest aunt married traditionally, my youngest aunt married, with somebody that she kind of knew so um you know um people were dating by, by you know so there's a there's a there's a range so uh, but again there are parts of iran and parts of tehran itself that is still uh, arranged marriages is there uh, honor killing is still there you know all of these things are still um, um, at least in certain portions of the country exist, and you know they're they're, they're going away little by little, you know. But uh, but there's still some remnants are there.
0: Now describe for me because it's a to me it's a conflict in terms honor yes. killing. Uh, it it's because I don't think there's any honor in killing. But, no, but that was something. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if a family member felt. They had been aggrieved against, or there was a point then they could come back and and kill the offender, or was this more women that had stepped out of line? Uh, describe what what you mean by honor.
2: <laughs> so that so anybody who was basically um, stepped out of line, men and women. I mean, like for example. Um, uh, women of course you know you if you go out without their hijab or if you uh, go out with somebody that you're not supposed to or uh, whatever you look at a guy who's a good looking guy whatever uh, you know but again this is going back this is going like the 20th this is the 19th and 18th and before centuries but um it, it, the, it, the 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 honor killing and especially in the tribes and you know more conservative side is that you know? For example, if you had a, a homosexual child, um, and this is really bad because what the what the person is supposed to do? I mean, you have life. You know, you're you're born that way, as you know, Lady Gaga says, and, and you know, people would would not accept any lifestyle that was out of what they would consider norm was uh, was bad and was was, uh, you know, was uh, subject to, to to all punishment, including death, but, right? um, you know, ostracizing. And, you know, I, I don't know how traveling was actually killing a person, but certainly ostracizing, you know, um, whispering, you know, rumors, um, dishonoring a person, disrespecting a person, discrimination. And those were very much so very much uh, uh, in play and and unfortunately, it is somewhat in place still. I mean, um I don't know whether or not you know, but 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 certainly in Islamic Republic, for example, homosexuality is a crime, you know, right? why <laughs> who, who what do they care? <laughs> um, and you know I mean I I'm not you known since who but it's you know who you love is 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 your your nature it's just like a, it's your life so uh that's certainly well, is. But, you know again this things have gotten well they' gotten better and then they got bad again. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I can't say, it. but my great-grandfather was, uh, he was officially governor of Shiraz, which is a province in Iran, in, in a city in Iran, and he had 25 wives. <laughs> I have a PhD from oh. MIT, so we've come a very long way from from within the three or four generation. Did uh, you, but did unfortunately, it's is going back up. So.
0: Did you ever ask him? I mean, it's like, did he take uh, protein powder or something? Did he have a lot of energy? He was when I came along. Oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't know. But, because, uh, but, you know, but you, I got to ask you because this is I'm curious. <laughs> if you have 25 wives is it because you pick one that's a really 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 good cook you pick one that is a really good housekeeper you pick one that works in the garden and is a great gardener and then you have a couple one or two or three that um we'll say are are magnificent in private and and that kind of thing. So is it is that how you would strike or would you structure a household that way? I don't know. I wish I did. I wish I had asked him that
2: question. Unfortunately, uh, my own grandparents were all uh, monogamous. They did marry, you know, more than one person at a time. But, anyways, but uh but they, they they I don't know. I mean, I think that they're partially uh from what I can understand, first of all. it's it's, it was a um, sign of having tons of money you know so if you're rich you have one wife you know and then you want another one you know another one Uh, but as i said a marriage in iran was considered something as of an alliance so let's say that you had your first wife you married your first wife and this is a true story about some other family but the first wife of this particular gentleman was his cousin, and the reason that they got married was because the family wanted to keep the money together. But then he was uh, um, approached by some other, you know, political thing, and the the wife w- would bring in some political power. And okay, so let's have another
0: wife who brings in the political power. So I see. In some- <laughs> there was method <laughs> to their madness. They they so, figured <laughs> yes. I
2: mean, I, 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 you know, the third or fourth wife could be really beautiful or um, magnificent in, as I say, as you said in private, but, uh, you know, but but it's, uh, uh, and again, you know, it was a sign, I mean, um, most, I mean, I actually have never met a person with more than one wife at a time in my lifetime, but I've heard of the story. So, uh, so. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, you know, and that actually in those days in the Middle East and and in Israel back mm-hmm. back in the day, you know, like King David had many wives and many concubines, and yeah. Solomon did too. And so it was kind of a a thing that men could control women and that kind. of, Unfortunately, that's gone away to a great degree. I mean, hopefully, sure. it's gone away everywhere um because it's it's not perfect but by the way we're talking with uh afrin uh oh boy Belisario. Uh, sorry thank you so much Belisaria.
2: she's
0: she's um um written the book silence silent whisper silence right? whispers,
2: yes
0: yes and if you go to her website which is afrin.net and she she's also got another website for the book itself what's that website
2: silencewhispers.com. So I have used to God, the, my book and the, and the website and the rep, and all the same day because uh you know i don't know Well, you
0: know that's (laughs) what they call proper marketing you got to get it got to get brandon got to get out there and all that kind of good stuff and i want to thank you for being here we're going to come back we need to take a break but we're going to come back and talk more with this lovely lady about her culture experience i want to talk about the difference between growing up in iran and then coming here in the 70s and there must have been a huge cultural difference when and uh i want to talk about that when we come back just to reminisce about my youth and when i was young and i was you know like 50 i graduated from high school in 75 which most of the population of our of the united states weren't even alive then so so in (laughs) any event uh we need to take a break we'll be right back you're listening to positive talk with kevin mcdonald right here on kknw 1150 am eric take it away
3: do you need to boost your sales join our partnership program each quarter we promote 10 partner businesses what will you get the company will produce one 30-second video for your business your website links on positivetalkradio.net and kmmedia.pro one dedicated podcast or radio show per month one video instagram reel one youtube short one 60 second clip for social media taken from your interview and at least one commercial airplay per show all podcasts and video commercials are within the fabric of the show and will remain in the show forever visit kmmedia.pro to book a consultation today
0: when you want to say more than words communicate you can with flowers, your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is a NaturalDesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are, is where our flowers are beautiful.
2: Your success is our goal. For being our appreciated listener, you can use promo code PTR twenty at checkout to receive twenty percent off your order. a NaturalDesign.com at your fingertips today. We believe in the power of telling your stories. We want to help yours be seen and heard at the Pacific Northwest Collaborative Magazine. Our purpose is to connect you to your community. Let's begin by celebrating the accomplishments of local artists featured in this brand new digital magazine. Here, you can learn about opportunities to creatively come together and support our local community and neighbors through the gift of art and service. If you your business or organization would like to take part in this magazine, message us on Instagram at tnw.collab. You can download our free digital magazine at KM Media Pro today.
3: Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie, 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023.
0: and welcome back to positive talk. My name is Kevin McDonald and uh you're listening to KKNW 50 AM, one of the finest radio stations here on this here planet Earth because they allow people like me to get on and talk to people like you, which is and we bring some really cool guests and some really interesting people and we've done that with today again cuz Afrin is with us and she grew up in Iran and and she m- migrated here in the 70s i'm sure that that is a story all unto itself how did you end up in the united states well you know i mean uh, uh, talking about being uh,
2: having having dreams um um i i always wanted to come to the united states and, and go to, to school i wanted to go to mit in the way. i was seven years old i want to go to mit and so that's very audacious of course for for a girl growing up in Iran, uh, but uh, I had an opportunity mostly because Iran, um, University of Tehran was always um, in a strike and I was not in a good position and I had an opportunity to move to New York to, to, to attend New York University, which back then the school that I attended actually was Brooklyn Polytech, it was a very good engineering school. Um, so, I uh, jumped on the opportunity and I said, Hell with everything else, I'm going. <laughs> so, um, you know, basically um, I had this attitude that I, I will do something and then I'll ask for uh, forgiveness rather than for permission. Uh, but anyways, I mean, I had an opportunity, I came. Uh, somewhat against my oh, my father's wishes, my father didn't wish me to to leave. But well, you know, I mean, it's a it's a it's a done deal. When it's a done deal. It's a done deal. So, uh, but uh, I spent one amazing year in New York City, and I, uh, did, did, what what is the 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 uh, poem? Not the poem, but the song that says, "You spend the year in New York when you're young, uh, because that's when you really uh, don't have to have money. You have to." Just be uh, be open to the experiences of, that the city offers, and it was not a good time for New York. But I was too young to, to notice. I, uh, <laughs> you know, to, it, the city was going bankrupt. It was dirty. It was this. I couldn't. I didn't. I didn't
3: see <laughs> it, was just it. I was
2: like too home. young to uh, enamored with all the. Old, you know, I mean. I've never seen uh, um uh, the live musicals and there were a the musical you could see one, one every day and um you know so the city was was amazing uh, to be there as a young person. Uh, so uh, and then I moved to Boston and uh, of course uh, much more uh, rigorous here in Boston to study and you know city wasn't in the greatest shape back then but it became better and better. But uh, but yeah I mean uh, you know uh, talking about the, the, the a kid in a candy shop that was new york for me so uh, i had a great experience uh,
0: now now it. you moved here and then you decided to stay here and you've been here ever since is that right yes so
2: what happened was that i was i was working i was a student i was doing good job at at mit then february of 79 came and uh uh, you know the Shah was kicked out and Khomeini came in, mm-hmm. and um, by the May of 1980, when I was about to graduate, it was uh, uh, you know Iran who was not the, you know the people uh, were, were women were were forced to be veiled and uh, you know they they uh, basically this the the Islamic um, fundamentalists were taking over and, and the, the, the whole hope of having a democracy and, and it, um, you know, uh, was gone. It was, it was worse than anything else. Um, so I uh, decided that I'm not going to go back and um, I said, well, you know, maybe a, maybe a few years, maybe wait a couple, of, I mean, I was very lucky. I, I didn't have a lot of illusions. So I said, well, if I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay i'm gonna become an american citizen which i became i'm gonna have you know a career in this country but i'm gonna do whatever and i was very as i said very lucky that um, it was possible for me to do that and uh, uh so that's it.
0: well i'm sure that uh, when you were thinking about that decision in 1979 1980 when there were um american hostages there mm-hmm. and and there was you know gas prices I don't know if anybody remembers that time, but gas prices were through the roof and there were long lines here and stuff. But but still at the same time, you had a choice. It's like, let's see, am I gonna stay in Boston and continue my education and to become an American citizen? Or am I gonna go back home to Iran and wear this huge robe that I can't leave the house anymore and I can't do anything because, I'm, uh, because the fundamentalists had taken over? I would imagine that would not have been all that difficult a decision to stay here.
2: Well, yes, and the big thing was that as you said it was hostage crisis. I mean the decision was easy but but the process wasn't because of mostly because of hostage crisis. Again, I'm an extremely lucky person. I was in an educational environment that you know I mean my degree everybody wanted it, and you know there was not a problem with, with getting a job. it was not a problem having a great the great the colleagues um it was a lot of problems, I mean, and people don't don't remember that maybe or don't realize that even in a liberal city like Boston, there was still a lot of you know, whenever somebody goes on on tape TV every night and says 444 days, the hostages are still there. <laughs> so it was you know, I mean people talk about you know discriminations and things like that. It was kind of like, uh, not very easy, not very easy, but again, you know, you have good friends um, those who were close to me um, were kind and, um, you know, as I said, I was very lucky to have great colleagues and great people around me, but, um, you know, uh, and then again, you know, you got you to gotta make a decision and that's part of the, I mean, a lot of my friends, um, you know, some older than me, some younger than me, Iranian friends didn't make that decision and dilly-dally you know they they went this side and that side and waited two years and didn't get a, a you know really um i don't know um a, a, a rigorous job or high high power job and and because they weren't sure whether or not they're going they didn't marry they didn't uh so but i said okay it's either here or there wife you know it's black or white i mean or whatever and uh so you you take the good with the bad um so there's a, a there's a story i'm not a storyteller. sorry uh there's a story let me say you write in a story and it's about three fishes it's actually from um you know it's a it's a traditional poem but it's three fishes um they were in in a, they were soaring three fishes and uh some uh some somebody balked They they uh, they um the, the, the the stream that they were, uh, you know, uh, fishing because they wanted to take the fish out. One of the three fishes just saw what's happening, jumped over the, the block. It was gone. You know, three down. The second fish uh, sort of said, "Well, you know, I can't really go, but you know, maybe I can do something." So he he pretended that he's dead. So the guy who was fishing threw him out, and, and he got away. The third one couldn't make a decision, couldn't make a decision to go or stay or whatever. And he was the one who got caught and eaten. So uh, the morale of the story is that you have to make a decision. Uh, and uh, that's well, what
0: we, I did. Well, and we around here on Positive Talk live in that world where you got to make a decision and you got to go for what you believe to be the best course of action for you. And then life can become a great big uh adventure and it really can be can be a lot of fun now you are a writer do you have another book planned are you gonna be continuing yes. to write
2: yes i do i'm actually I'm, I'm i'm doing i'm doing another book um and and the, 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 there's this there, so so believe it or not i started the book and it became too big and so i Cut it in half, and uh, you know, polish the first half. So it's the first book, uh, the Silence whisper. But the second part of the book um, is, is in the works. Uh, it's called the Russian Road, and um, it's it's going to come out right after that. But I'm also working on a a nonfiction, and um, that's that's about. Um, it's sort of like a travelogue. Um, I mean, I love to travel. I mean, that's why it's good for to be in this talk because. So um, I traveled uh, over, uh, and again, the team are very similar about the transformation of the countries, so transformation of people, and how it creates uh, uh, this this chasm. And it's about my trips on four different rivers in the world, in Mekong um, uh, Mekong River and in Vietnam, uh, Yangtze River in China, and uh, Nile River in in uh, in egypt and uh um, and uh, De- danube in uh, in europe so um that's uh, that's also in the works hopefully uh, we'll get we'll have we'll, we'll get to, to those
0: soon enough absolutely well i gotta ask you because you graduated from mit
2: yes
0: which is a wonderful technology school yes and how did you apply it what how what was your career like what did you do
2: so I worked as a um, as a scientist when I first uh, graduated and uh, the, I actually worked for a, a company which is um, became part of uh, Raytheon was bought by Raytheon and the company's name was Boltman and Newman it, as I say it's part of Raytheon now um, and uh, I worked for, as a scientist uh, that was a good thing for me to do. Then I uh, moved into more of a the business side of the thing of, of and then I work for a lot of semiconductor manufacturers mostly in the business um, capacity uh, I work for analog devices and intel corporations and you know a lot of smaller ones and things like that so uh, but I, but I'm but I had a very good career in terms of most of it internationally I traveled traveled the world and I'm very happy I you know and uh, as a career in uh, in uh, high technology, and I had fun, you know. I had fun, had adventures. I had not adventures, adventures, <laughs> and no, no, no spy novel adventures. But I had fun. Um, doing Every day is an adventure. Doing. Yes, of course. And um, but then at some point, um, I was working for MIT actually at the end of my you know sort of corporate career i was working for mit and i had a chance to just basically walk away i had a, a consulting arrangements with a big company which you know you work part-time and you get paid whatever and uh, um my kids were out of school so i said i'm gonna go back to my love right? so which is writing <laughs> so um i as i said i always wanted to write so
0: Uh, Well, good for you. It's it's important to follow your passion and you waited until the time was right. The kids were out of the house and you um, had the opportunity and you had time and you were able to do that. Now, I got to ask you, you traveled the world. What's your favorite place to that you ever went to?
2: My favorite place remains uh, <laughs> Italy, for better or worse. But I love Italy.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's where you met your husband. I would—is that where you met your husband?
2: No, no, no. I met my husband in Boston, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I love Italy. I, um, I was very fortunate that uh, in the middle of my career, I spent a good amount of time working with Italians and um, spending summers there and. Um, You know, I spent glorious, glorious two months in Florence back in the day. Again, you gotta travel when you're young. You know, I mean, uh, that's when you that's when you really enjoy new experiences. Although nowadays everybody travels different stages of life. I still travel, but um, but you know, I had glorious time in Italy. I I really love the country and its people and
0: is it is it the people the architecture or the food that you like the most
2: Ooh, the food well i I, i do i mean it's it's everything goes with with each other i think there's attitude there um of the people people are very kind and and you know Americans are very kind and, 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 and good people, but Americans are uh, less fun than Italians because they take life too seriously in America. Uh, we're always running, but, uh, but Italians take time to enjoy uh, the, their land and their food and, and their culture.
0: You know, I had a friend that uh, came from Boston, and he said, yes, "You know, I don't understand you people in the West. You know, we love each other, but we love to argue. And we love to fight with each other. Is that is that in your experience there?
2: Yeah, Boston. I, I love Bostonians because you know uh, you 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 meet people like you know they're passionate about sports. I am too, and so there's always something to talk about. But they always some what they love to say bad things about their politicians. You know, no matter who is who is the mayor of Boston, that person is, you know, in there uh there's there are rumors around and there are things around, whatever. I I'm not gonna any, get into that because I don't wanna be sued. But, but uh but yes, Bostonians love No, it. it's it's uh, just
0: you and me talking. There's nobody else. <laughs> we're fine. But so I gotta ask you, if you're a sports yes. person, what's your favorite uh team? Well <laughs> until two years ago it was Pat's
2: still. <laughs> 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 But, but, you know, I'm also, I love, I love, I love Red Sox and not too many non-Americans understand the game, but I spend time to understand the, the baseball and um, uh, I used to watch Red Sox, I used to love Red Sox. Um, I love football too, but, uh, you know, so I do watch Seahawks once in a while as well. And,
0: <laughs> right. and you guys
2: just got rid of Pete Carroll.
0: You're not going to watch football anymore this year, out of this town. I'll tell you that right <laughs> now. Um,
2: no, it's done. It's the Super Bowl, and it's 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 the playoffs, and it's done. But but I enjoy football. I enjoy you know even when Pats are not doing that well. Um,
0: well now, were you were you a Pats fan? That that would be the uh, New England Patriots, or sure. were you a Tom Brady fan?
2: No, I was a Pats fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Tom, I mean Tom Brady's the GOAT, is the best, whatever. Uh, but uh, but I think it's a team sport. You know, you can't <laughs> uh, his wife said it right. You can't just throw the ball and catch it too. So you know, it has to be a team.
0: Well, um, apparently, apparently she didn't. He didn't get that message because that's why he divorced her. Because she's. <laughs> <laughs> What you <laughs> mean, I'm, the, I'm the greatest of all time i can throw it and catch it are you kidding me <laughs> so
2: yeah, yes i don't know but uh but you know it's it's a game it's a team sport and that's what i like you know it's um and um, you know it's like him um, uh it is the last non-scripted thing that we have left uh, watching football or baseball or other games and Uh, The last place where we can we can actually congregate and have a beer and uh, you know sort of uh, like each other for a little bit or hate each other for a bit. From
0: what I Uh, understand, in that area, the tailgating is like no other. That that is that it's a big deal to get to go and tailgate there.
2: It is. i never have done it because um i don't like to to go um i like to watch it on tv it's better it's it's a bit warmer
0: i uh, agree but. with you it's 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 warmer the band the uh, lines to the bathroom are less the lines correct. to the to get food are less and you can get the beverages and if you happen to have too many beverages you don't have to worry about driving too correct but
2: the game that it's lovely to see um uh, on the field is of course baseball and uh, i used to go um to see the red sox quite often with my kids when kids were young Uh, so uh, that's a lot of fun because you know for 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 about uh, three and a half hours nothing happens and then you know there's a home run and that's it
0: yeah well then Fenway Park has the Green Monster. Was yes. that was that fun to sit in it? Because that that's one of the the more uh, famous stadiums in the country because of its weird configuration. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, on the sure, um, in left in left field, the the left field is really <laughs> not very deep, but so they put up like a 30 30 or 40 foot wall mm-hmm. there and they call it the green monster because you can you can hit a line drive and it'll hit the wall which would have been a home run somewhere else but you've got to hit it high and far <laughs> to get it over the monster
2: sure sure uh, yeah but you know uh, is a, one of the nicest places to see uh, a game there because uh, you know the games are slow there's lots of good food there. Um, I, we used to, when my kids were young, um, we used to go there and then, you know, you start with hot dogs and then you move into, uh, I don't know, candy, candy and cotton candy and peanuts and this and that, and at some point they're so full, they don't want to eat anything, they want to go home. So, um, so, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's good food, it's, uh, it's, co- it's, uh, it's small enough that you can manage, for us we live in boston i live in boston and um, so uh, we used to walk and uh, so um it's a very very gentle uh gym game so to speak there's no uh,
0: well if you ever come here to seattle i'll 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 make i'll make you a deal i'll take okay. you to a, i'll take you to a seattle mariners game if you eat the crickets or it's the. It, <laughs> what is it <laughs> it's, it's actually they're actually uh, um um uh grasshoppers and oh, they're, they're, okay. they're, they're fried grasshopper i think <laughs> is what they are and they actually sell them there or some other bug i'm not sure exactly sure which bug it is uh, but they do that because i think the reason that they have those sales is that a group of guys will go there and everybody will drink a couple of beers and then somebody will say i'll bet you that you won't eat this and then they will eat that um kind of thing well
2: i i will try and um, i am a very adventurous eater and i will try so one thing you should do you know i mean um before before dating my husband i never had had sushi and i the thought of um you know eating a uh, the, you know, uh uncooked fish. Uh, was not very appealing but then you know you go out on a date and you go to a sushi restaurant and what's there to eat <laughs> so, um, yeah, so yeah so i will i will eat cricket uh, to, <laughs> to see the mariners i will eat the cricket that's all right
0: yeah the sushi restaurant. i cannot believe that people actually people tell me that they love sushi and it's like you forgot to cook this and it all tastes like seaweed to me <laughs> well you know every
2: every every uh, every food has its own uh uh, you know uh enthusiastic eaters yes
0: and everybody's different so that's and that's what makes the world go around and we should all appreciate our differences just like you know you've you've lived in iran you've lived in the states you've traveled all over the world it it is interesting when you travel as much as you have i would be curious to know because we've just got a couple of minutes left Mm -hmm what is your take on all the different countries are we a lot more alike than different at the end of the day
2: at the end of the day we are more alike than we want to admit you know we are all human beings we all love our children we love our we kind of love our parents so controversial, controversial Uh, but you know we all desire to 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 be healthy and happy and and we all love our communities and we have a lot more in common than than we think and um you know emphasizing our division versus our um our, our commonality is is wrong and that's what um, you know um i like my voice to to say that i, I like i like to be mess i like to be the messenger of saying we are more alike than we want to think we want to admit uh, because we're all human beings and we have this little tiny planet that shouldn't have existed and that uh, that's uh, that that is our house at home um, and uh, we need to take care of that
0: we take care
2: of each other and uh, be positive
0: (laughs) Well, wow, thank you very much for saying that but I, sure. I, I i agree with you and and being the world traveler that you are uh yes. you have a lot of knowledge as far as you know sure we have different cultures and things and and we value different things but we don't we don't have to live in hate division and fear we can no. live in no. and and be loving and caring towards everybody. We've just got about a minute 30 seconds left. I want you oh, your website again is
2: silencedwhispers.com and afarin.net that easy to remember Afine, you know it's uh, it's not it's not arin it's it has another a in it uh, but ain.com a excuse me and then remember that and go there. And be part of my family. So we have a big family,
0: and uh, you're in it. That's it. To be part of her family, I want to thank you for being here. This I've had a great discussion with you. It'll be it's a lot of fun, and uh um, yeah. we're going to be back on Friday at noon on KKNW again, and then Kixie at three. So, by the way, be kind to one another because each other's all we've got. We'll see you yeah. Friday. See you. Thank and you year. very
2: much.
0: Thank you.